The Biscuit is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. the title track make something beautiful I lead off with that because that is really what my intention was was to take human experiences and to make something beautiful out of it you know sadness tragedy love different human emotions and turn that into kind of beautiful portraits uh, with each song who needs it most a father with a kiss a stranger with a smile we are all capable of wonderful once in a while make something Hello, Biscuit listeners, and welcome to another freshly baked edition of the Biscuit Podcast, celebrating Charlotte's creativity every week. I'm your host, Andy Goh. Hearing Britt Drozda's soulful singing and folk rock pop sound would remind many listeners of the best Sheryl Crow, Brandy Carlisle, Patty Griffin, and Nora Jones Records. Educated at Davidson and based in Charlotte, Britt Drozda brings rooted yet sanguine lyrics to her listeners and a clearly intentional sound defined by wonderful instrumentation. After releasing her EP, Let Me Hang the Moon, in 2016, Britt's first full-length album is scheduled for release on June 7th called Make Something Beautiful. In this episode of the Biscuit Podcast, we sat down with Britt and talked about her background as a musician and then highlight a few moments from the album in the first installment of a segment we're calling Liner Notes. Stick around for the entire segment as Britt will play the title track to the album recorded live on the piano she wrote it on in her living room. Let's take a listen. very uh they're big music fans uh they both are very passionate about music but never played Uh, my brother who's two years older than me from the time he was little always asked for instruments and he kind of led the charge i guess with the musical inspiration um but my parents kind of saw his passion for it and really encouraged it and then i came along and kind of fell into line with it. <laughs> I started playing piano when I was four, and then I also fell in love with musical theater at a young age too. So the first one I fell in love with was Showboat. It was one of the first musicals I'd seen. I'd seen Cats, but I think I was a little too young and got scared. But Showboat just resonated with me, and it was really funny. I might have been six or seven, and came home pretty much singing the whole score 
and uh, Can't Help Loving That Man of Mine, which is like this bluesy number that you belt. All of a sudden I heard this like belting and this blues music infused with, you know, Broadway and I just I was sold on it and kept trying to do the same thing. But basically the performance with, with original music started in high school. Uh, I co-wrote a song with my brother. He was really a musical genius on on the piano and on all different instruments. He played in a lot of bands. And um, we wrote a song together and played it at like a talent show or something. And then I started playing with his band occasionally. I would get to make an appearance. And then in college really was when I started performing even more. Little boy, how you see the world? No, it's bigger and brighter and more fellow wonder every day. There are flying machines and animals' wings, giant tires, crackling fires. You're seeing now. You're seeing now. Uh, I was playing classical piano when I was at Davidson. Um, and I'd say my sophomore year, I started just getting burnt out with the classical pieces. And I had a wonderful teacher who knew that I still had passion for music, uh, and she encouraged me to get into songwriting and look into jazz and try and write songs and um, actually encouraged me to do a summer program up at Berkeley in Boston. And that just opened my eyes to a whole world of music of creating and I just really became inspired and I was able to write songs and play them out for friends and it was really fun uh, along with just, it gave me a challenge. And as far as pursuing a career in music. I think at first, when I first graduated, that was the goal, and I was recording then and uh, trying to do solo songs, but there's so much development that goes into finding your voice as an artist that as much as I wanted to dive into it, I, I feel so much better prepared, I guess, at this point in time to present my art, to present my music. I feel like it's kind of come full circle, and. I'm able, able to just embody it a little bit more than back then. I kind of feel like I was on shaky ground. Well, I took a couple years off from music uh, and went into the culinary arts. <laughs> back in 2011. Um, I went to Johnson & Wales, I started business, and then it wasn't until after I had my son that I started realizing my heart was in music, I missed music. If I was going to do anything else, I, it, it had to be music. Um, and I wrote a song one day called Let Me Hang the Moon, and um, it was kind of about not wishing the day away as a parent. I was having a difficult day with my son. And I, I was able to just write it on an acoustic guitar. I played it out live and saw a huge reaction from people listening and then went and recorded it. And the whole process was just so seamless. And it, I definitely had felt like I found my voice at that point in time because it was so authentic, it was so real. The moment was real, the, what I was trying to communicate to myself was real, what I was communicating to my audience was real, and then just the recording process, I think I knew how I wanted the song to sound, and then it ended up turning out better. I, you know, 
worked with Charles Holloman on that, but then Jason Scavone came in and mixed it and did such a good job that, and I think it was the first time I listened to a song and was, you know, I, I really was proud of my other work, but this was a, a kind of a different, it was a pivotal, pivotal moment that made me feel like, now I want to record something else. You know, I want to keep going with this because I've tapped into something. It just allowed me to get out of my own head with music. I think sometimes with any creative pursuit, you get into it originally with the passion and inspiration, but then you, for me, I started overthinking it at that point in time. And the passion kind of wasn't there as much. And the, those two years though, it was like missing something. It gave me the time to really miss uh, my outlet and music has always been for me almost a form of therapy and by the end of those two years I, I mean I just really missed playing music and even if it was just for myself I noticed I was starting to pick up my guitar more I would sit at the piano with my baby on the lap and just was playing and trying to write again and and it wasn't even trying it was just it was there and it just was so fulfilling that I think those two years really allowed me the space to step away from it and realize that I missed it. And it, it wasn't about overthinking it anymore, I was just doing at that point. Now that I've tapped into my quote unquote sound, um, and I've just been really inspired and I wanted to kind of push myself a little bit to, you know, most artists are not coming out with full albums anymore. Uh, and maybe it's not the smartest marketing tool, but <laughs> I really wanted to push myself to do a full length album that you could listen to on vinyl um, and have that full listening experience from song to song. It's something I always wanted to do since I was a kid. And I, you know, I love having a full collection of songs for listeners to, to take in. No, there's no way, no how, no way I could ever do this alone. Britt, let's start by talking about the title track. You know, the title track, Make Something Beautiful, I lead off with that because that is really what my intention was, was to take human experiences and to make something beautiful out of it. You know, sadness, tragedy, you know, love, different human emotions and turn that into kind of beautiful portraits uh, with each song. Poets with words, painters with pain, Sewers with thread, a sculptor with clay, a garden. I've been so inspired by different artists, different creatives, different people just putting themselves into something. Whether it's my neighbor across the street who has this beautiful garden and she's out there every day. And it's not just for her, it's everyone that walks by it gets to experience this beauty or 
you know, I reference a baker and these people are creating something, but then there's this, every, there's more people that get to enjoy these things. And then as an artist myself with music, it, I want to create something that other people can experience too. And there's so much beauty in the craft, but there's also so much beauty in the reaction and the way people get to experience whatever's been, whatever has been created. So, but then moving into the second verse, I clarify that any human being can make something beautiful and do something that's beautiful and make a beautiful impact on the world. And that's really the deeper message that I wanted to convey to listeners. When I first started writing this, I think that arpeggiated piano part came in in the beginning. And then the, the chorus, the lyric, make something beautiful was almost, I, I think I was almost saying it to myself as a mantra that day. I think the chorus by doing those block chords and I really wanted to, I wanted to slow it down in that moment uh, and allow that message to really come across. And then as the song progresses, the way we were able to stack vocals and stack the arrangement, I think sometimes when you leave more space, you're able to do some really cool stuff. So with that busy piano line, sometimes that can get in the way of being able to orchestrate uh, bigger sounds, if that makes sense. Uh, and as you stack vocals and as you stack everything, I really wanted the attention to be on the lyric and also that as the vocals all come together, almost like this chorus and choir of people singing. Make something magical. It takes nothing to make something just a heart with something to say. Jason Scavone, the producer, he actually played banjo on this track and we were both hearing a banjo or some sort of folk instrument and he came up with that line and he, he's a wizard when it comes to production. He really um, figured out and was we were both very intentional with the instruments we chose and the placements of them. Just a heart with something to say. Let's move on to a track called Breathing. After shock and we're left standing silent. The scenery blinks. Breathing, I actually wrote for, it's a documentary uh, that's coming out this year about the Las Vegas, or the Golden Knights in Las Vegas. Um, it's a hockey team, and their opening game was a week after the mass shooting in Las Vegas. And this song plays a particular role in that film, but for me in general, the song was a reaction, and I think it's very palpable. Everybody in this country, in this point in time, can feel this, where every time we are witnessing these mass shootings, the school shootings, 
there is just this sense of helplessness that takes place, but there's also a sense of a duty to try and do something about this problem. And I don't know whether it's conversations taking place and action happening, but clearly I think we all feel a sense of helplessness. And um, the song, you know, was inspired by the, the interviews that were taking place in that movie, but everyone experiences tragedy on different levels, whether it's a bad problem diagnosis um, or watching somebody suffer. And as the bystander, you're still breathing, you're still there. You have to wake up every morning and take on the day. And I think there's a sense of helplessness in the beginning of the song, but there's a sense of triumph in the end that we are still breathing and we're able to you know, do something. Let's talk about the next song called This Too Shall Pass. I happen to be having just a tough day and I was in a parking lot, you know, headed home and I was going to my car and this old man walked in, fast in front of me, and I don't know if he read the look on my face or he was commenting on the weather, what was going on that day, but he, he just said, this too shall pass. And in that moment, it was crazy because that's exactly what someone needed to say to me. Because I think sometimes with, with tragedy, with depression, with hard times, it's really hard sometimes to see a light or to see the next day or to know that you're gonna get through it. And I think, it's the human interaction that can bring us out of that, but it's also knowing that things will get better and keep taking it day by day. So that song is meant to kind of comfort, but also um, lift up the listener, just knowing, you know, this too shall pass. It's not gonna be like this forever. And I needed that on that particular day. So if I, I mean, I always find that whatever message I'm needing to hear, there could be someone out there who needs to hear it too, and that's the whole purpose behind it. Quiet moment all alone With the darkness I brought home And a heart beating faster and faster, yeah Well, so for each song, we always do kind of a scratch track where I sing the vocal and it's either with keys or a guitar, uh, mainly almost how I wrote it. And then Jason and I had a conversation about each song and what we heard on them and how the approach to them. And this one in particular, it has that gospel feel. Uh, the vocals were powerful, the lyrics were powerful, and we just didn't want to override that. Uh, and I think by having a more minimal arrangement, it allowed the lyrics to come through. And that organ, I mean, Matt Braniff played that and it just came out so good. Just a moment in time.
Britt, you wrap up the album with a song called Ribbon. When she was a little girl Did she wear a daisy chain upon her head? Did she laugh and jump and twirl? Throw pockets full of glitter in the air So I have a daughter and she definitely does all those things. I see how she looks to me for everything but another kind of inspiration behind the song was just how women look at each other and you know when you see a beautiful person that walks into the room being able to say wow who is that like she is beautiful and being able to really admire and celebrate the beauty that women possess when they walk into a room I also wrote Ribbon um, and was inspired to write it for this podcast called What We Wore. Uh, that's by Laura Van Rootpool of Capital and Pool Shop. And, you know, she told me a little bit about what the podcast was going to be about. And she was interviewing different designers about what, what they wore when they grow up and how they became the designers they are and how they made the choices of what they wear. And I just thought it was so interesting. Um, and I, I take, you know, I think we all take note of what people wear sometimes. I think that says a lot about them, but I also think there's just this confidence that exudes from people when they truly are, are comfortable in their own skin and wearing what makes them comfortable. So uh, I just, I really wanted to, it's a song that celebrates beauty, celebrates women. Um, and for my daughter too, I mean, watching her grow up and, and celebrating her her beauty, I, I just picture her in a field frolicking to this song and it makes me really happy. <laughs> so I, I think, you know, that that kind of idea I just wanted to put out there and kind of have a portrait of it. Overall, I just am really excited about this project and this album, and I really hope it does inspire and, and highlight the good in the community, in Charlotte in particular. I think I've just been so blown away and inspired by the amazing things people are doing here. No, I, I would really like for Make Something Beautiful to almost take on a movement where people are inspired to do beautiful things, be beautiful human beings to one another, um, and realize that all it takes is a heart with something to say, you know? Not much more than that. <laughs> Britt, thank you so much. Thank you. Make Something Beautiful is coming out on June 7th. It'll be on iTunes, Spotify, pretty much anywhere you want to find your music online. Um, and then I will also have some physical copies for sale at the show at The Visualite on June 7th. And I'll be playing there. The doors open at 7. I will go on closer to 8.45 and I've got a great 
folk duo, a Courtney Lynn and Quinn, that will be opening for me. Uh, Charlotte band as well, so I'm really excited. And I'll be playing with my full band as well too. So my social media for Instagram, it's Brit Drazda. It's a hard one. <laughs> if you need me to spell it again. Um, but Brit Drazda on Twitter. My website's BritDrazda.com. Facebook's Brit Drazda. Um, and the last name is spelled D-R-O-Z as in zebra, D as in David, A. <laughs> and the first name's Brit with one T just to really throw everybody off. <laughs> anymore We don't even look each other in the eyes anymore Look me in the eyes And now a very special performance recorded live Make Something Beautiful by Brit Drozda
Thanks again to Britt Drozda for speaking with us, and remember to get her album, Make Something Beautiful, available wherever you get music on June 7th. And of course, thank you, the listener, for tuning in to The Biscuit Podcast. That's all we have for today's episode of The Biscuit. Remember to subscribe to The Biscuit Podcast for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Better yet, leave us a rating or review so that other creative charlatans can hear about us, or even just tell your friends to listen. Finally, get the scoop on Charlotte's creative scene delivered straight to your inbox every Thursday by subscribing to the Biscuit email newsletter. Do that now at biscuitclt.com. The Biscuit Podcast is produced by Tim Miner, Matt Olin, and Andy Goh. Music by Harvin Cummings.